everybody, it's me, House Wrestling's Nick Hausman. And me, Robert Karpolis. And we are here to talk all the top pro wrestling news of the day. It has been another eventful week in the world of professional wrestling. And uh, we got so much to get into here today. We are going to be talking about Triple H taking over the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Decision-making process, we got news on AOP, William Regal, the Royal Rumble plans, CJ Perry. And uh, of course, we're going to do a follow-up on all those free agents that hit the market here yesterday. The chat room is open. Jump on in, share the link around, let people know you're watching, and uh, let's get on into it here today. Uh, of course, the big leadoff story everybody buzzing about here this morning coming out of the Wrestling Observer newsletter is that Triple H is now going to be the man making the decisions when it comes to the WWE Hall of Fame, as this is a decision that falls under the creative department. It is no longer Vince McMahon's say, who goes into the Hall of Fame, Nick Khan, will apparently have some input here. If he feels politically, it makes more sense for somebody to be into the Hall of Fame, then he'll have his voice in the room. But ultimately, this decision now comes down to Paul Triple H Levesque. This one kind of caught me off guard. And the more I think about it, um, is this a big deal or is this not a big deal? How do you feel about it? It's a big deal in the sense that there are certain guys that Hunter, as a longtime wrestling fan, as an NWA fan, as an old school wrestling fan, is going to look at and say, hey, this guy really belongs in here where Vince is primarily was worried about what's going to draw big ratings, what's going to put butts in seats. It's kind of why you saw Shawn Michaels get inducted more than once or they find ways to bring the rock in or or somebody else that can can draw seats versus folks who just are deserving of being in the WWE Hall of Fame. So I also think it's going to be helpful that Hunter has an appreciation that there are a number of wrestlers who have passed who right. deserve the honor and the opportunity, Vince was always more hesitant to put those out there. So I think certain guys like Bam Bam Bigelow, I would certainly think Brian Pillman, uh, John Tenta, guys who are really deserving of being mm. in the Hall of Fame, have a much better shot of being in there with Hunter as opposed to, hey, let's fill out the celebrity wing and bring in Kid Rock. I really think this opens the door for China to get a solo induction this year because Hunter seems to be in that position right now where he wants to show he can bury the hatchet, the hell freezes over type moments. People have been clamoring for it. I I, I think that the, as a gesture of I'm here to do business and not necessarily put my emotions in front of situations, I think that it does open the door for China to get the induction more than it has in years past. I think at some point, yes. I think the, the first one, if I'm Hunter to show that you really, this is a different world. Uh, I would try to induct Sable. I Ooh. think she's someone that has a lot, had a lot of baggage with Vince. They tried obviously mended fences and then didn't, but you have Brock there. It checks off the box of Brock being there at the hall of fame is intriguing. Sable is someone who look, it's a new world. We're bringing her in. I think that would be really interesting. I would have to imagine given the licensing deal now that Shamrock, is probably somebody who's going to be teed up for a Hall of Fame induction when that did not seem possible a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, the big one for me, because uh, I asked everybody on social media this morning, who do you think should, that Hunter would let in that maybe Vince wouldn't? One name caught me by surprise and I think is a possibility, and that's Vince McMahon himself. If Vince McMahon is no longer the one to pick, if Vince McMahon is no longer in the creative process, is this, it's, it's a big round number, WrestleMania 40, you know, Philly, you could do a bunch of ECW names, but if you're looking for that big elephant in the circus for your Hall of Fame class, is this the year that Vincent Kennedy McMahon goes in? End of an era. I mean, that would put the cherry on top of that Sunday. No, I don't think Vince will 
I don't think Vince will go into the Hall of Fame while he is alive. I think that hmm. it's it's his creation, it's his world. It would be weird for him to be an inductee in a Hall of Fame when it's sort of his world. So I feel like he's it's already an implicit thing. It's the same reason Vince never liked to be thanked in his speeches. It's kind of a given. I don't see Vince being the one to go in the Hall of Fame. I think given that it is Philly and you do need a, a, a big name, a big elephant in the room for it, maybe this is the year they put Paul in. He doesn't want to Heyman. go in. I know, I but, but Heyman's the same thing. If He doesn't want to go in, but if you're trying to appeal to that Philadelphia market, he is a, a top-tier name. I know he's reticent about it. I think he'll go in before Vince goes in. Maybe. I, I just I know Paul doesn't want to go in until yeah. he's done in the ring and he sees himself performing for many, many more years to come as an active performer. I just think with Vince, like, you know, again, that whole like if Nick Khan sees a politically good reason to induct Vince. And again, as this company is trying to like both stay close to Vince, but also distance themselves from Vince. It's a very weird dance. I think this is a way to kind of like include him in the product while also sending a signal that like the Vince McMahon era is done. And that's why I'm like, maybe, you know, like it, there's, I don't think there's... he sees it being done. I think that's oh, part of it. I think he's no, I still think knowing Vince, I think he still thinks there is sometimes some way, somehow that he's going to potentially wind up back in there. Maybe if Hunter really wants to mess with Vince, they induct Linda and make Vince have to do the speech and get up and publicly <laughs> say nice things about her. That's, I, that's the revenge. I, I saw people saying this is the year Stephanie goes in. I, I think that that would be a very poor political move. I would, again, I think you'll see people that would surprise you. That's why I put China top of the list. That's why I put uh, a, like a Vince McMahon when somebody said it. I'm like, actually, I could see how the 3D ch chess pieces fall that way. Um, I, I think there will be time to get to a John Tinta and a Pillman and other, you know, posthumous uh, inductions that, that Hunter will want to acknowledge. But I really do. I think we're going to get some kind of CM Punk hell freezes over kind of announcement uh, to really, again, send the signal. This is now Triple H's domain. If you want to have the hell freezes over moment, who you, the, the induction should be Midnight Express with Cornette. So everybody's everybody's saying that, and I'm just not a very old school wrestling fan. So what what is the deal? Why is the Midnight Express somebody that Hunter would put in that maybe Vince would not put in? Because they're a great Southern tag team. They're probably one of the best tag teams of all time. Vince does not put a premium on tag wrestling. Midnight okay. Express did not have a presence in WWE where he can say, here are these guys, and that's why they're going to be there. And I think it's a way to make inroads and put Cornette there. I think when they had Cornette induct the Rock and Roll Express, people were like, I can't believe this is really happening. Inducting Cornette with the Midnight Express, not a bad idea. And in a little bit of a way, it's kind of another little like general like poke at AEW that the guy who's your biggest critic, hey, we're putting him on stage and we're, we're inducting him into the Hall of Fame because Cornette absolutely belongs in the in the WWE Hall of Fame. I just uh, politically, I don't know that it is advantageous to put Cornette in there. You know, I think you're going to get a lot of blowback. But hell, I mean, look, they put Kid Rock front row at SummerSlam like three weeks after he shot up a bunch of Bud Light cans and put a lot of transgender use at risk. So maybe yeah. I'm overthinking the situation. But you're softening the blow if it's Cornette with the Midnight Express. It's, I guess. it's not like it's just Jim. I, I just think that's kind of the it's the same way that Ole Anderson is technically a Hall of Famer when everybody knows what Ole said to Linda years ago. <laughs> Fair enough. If you um, haven't, this Christmas, go Google that and share it with your family. You're sitting around the uh, 
the the Christmas dinner table with your ham. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, your your sugared ham. Uh so we're talking tag team wrestling. Uh Fightful had a report about AOP, the authors of pain, apparently have been under a WWE deal for more than a year. Um, and have just not been being used. And it sounds like they could be back on WWE TV imminently. And SmackDown looks to be the brand they'll be landing on. And the best news about this story is it sounds like Paul Ellering, who managed them in NXT, is going to come along for the ride. Now, for those that don't remember, the last time AOP got called up, Paul Ellering was not a part of the act, which he was in NXT. And they were paired with Seth Rollins as like his muscle for a while. But it was a very non-memorable main event run, especially considering like, how hard they were pushing NXT. So um, what are your thoughts about AOP and them possibly returning? I'm the, the first thing that popped into my mind is the idea that we're going to get an AOP Creed Brothers match at some point in 2024. Yes. It is very, very appealing. And putting them on SmackDown as a, as a monster heel team that's going to build up some steam, I think those guys and the Street Profits and the LWO, you're going to have a, a fun little mix on Friday nights. I don't see how much longer Judgment Day is necessarily going to hold those tag titles. There's a couple of teams you can shift it to. I think the Creed brothers might be the guys to ultimately do it. They really impressed me since they've been brought up on the main roster. And being able to move them over to Friday night since those tag titles are portable, I think those guys in AOP could be really interesting. The other play for them, quite frankly, is I know you said to bring them up with Paul Ellering. I would have seen them as being muscle for the bloodline. Dude, could you say some... we are on the same yeah. page. hundred percent, hundred percent. That was the only downside I saw with the Paul Ellering thing. Cause I was like, Oh, they're going to come back as a tag team because the bloodline right now has Roman as their top guy. They got solo who can do the IC us title picture, whatever. Jimmy is like the R truth of the group basically at this point. And they don't have that strong tag team. Like they had when the Usos, we're filling that void. I would absolutely love to see them as the muscle for the bloodline. I'm so glad you brought that up because when I saw they were going to SmackDown, you know, and again, they're not Samoan, but they do kind of all look like they would fit together. Um, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a layup. I'm surprised that that doesn't look like that'd be the direction they're going. They're Samoish. And I think Samo-ish. that's no, Samoish. That's, that's where it is. But yeah, I, I think those guys, they have really great looks. The the opportunities we've seen them in the past, they they look impressive. It they're under contract for a reason. They have not been cut when a lot of folks got cut. So clearly Hunter sees value in using them. And I'm excited to see when and if they finally debut and what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, and I went to a lot of the NXT takeovers because the NXT takeover come to Chicago at least once a year. And I saw the uh, authors of pain really put on some some clinics with some great people and uh i'm i'm optimistic it has been weird that they have just been sitting on the, the sidelines um so uh we have uh, matt buswell here saying Heyman versus ellering on promo i'm gonna fill in the blanks there uh could be magical so uh yeah Heyman and pa- ellering i like ellering i like the vibe of ellering ellering promos aren't what grab me like Heyman promos i think Heyman would eat paul ellering for lunch if i had to if I had to guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's two different vibes because Paul Ellering is very much an old school kind of promo guy. He's going to get you fired up. Paul Heyman, I think would eat his lunch, but it would be pretty entertaining to see what they would do. 
By the way, I got to point out Kenny Williams here in the chat room. He's making a case that you are better than me because apparently you're way better spoken. Then he threw in a trophy, a gold medal, and then a finger point. So some Christmas Kenny, I will cheer. Ca- I will caution you because when, when Matt Jones was on and started saying nice things about me, his feed cut out mysteriously. Oh, that's right. That's so right. praising me, not, not going not gonna to work in your favor. Um, praising authors of pain means they're going to be sitting on the shelf for a year and a half. Now, another name that was in NXT for quite some time that could be returning to WWE TV soon, uh, according to The Observer, is William Regal, who, for those that don't remember, it was about a year ago that Tony Khan's mother was in the hospital, and William Regal went to Tony, and he said, I, family, am I right, Tony? I got to go be with my son. I got to go work in NXT. And Tony, in a moment of just, you know, brokenness, said, I understand, William do you mind doing me the favor, though, of, you know, not being on WWE TV for a year, you know, at the very least, so it doesn't just look like you're jumping ship. And then Regal goes, anything you want, boss. William Regal then proceeds to leave, spend no time with his child, and is now working in a senior position backstage for Raw SmackDown, from what I gather. It's so there's a couple things with the Regal thing. First of all, he's also a guy who's not in the Hall of Fame who I think is a, a slam dunk induction in the next couple of years. Mm. The fact that Tony let Regal go when Regal was so front and center on a major storyline with the Blackpool <laughs> Combat Club was a little baffling. The fact that Regal just got name-checked on Dynamite this week Dude. is baffling. The other part that's baffling is if you now are going to have Regal free and clear on TV, why is Nick Aldis the GM of SmackDown? That's a good point. So uh, Meltzer is saying it doesn't look like Regal will be brought back in an authority figure role because they just filled the GMs. Shawn Michaels is the authority figure down at NXT. He's a big name. He's not as good in the role as Regal, but it's Shawn Michaels. So he was kind of coy on the idea that Regal may return to TV at all. He may just be happily continuing to work behind the scenes as one of Triple H's right-hand men. Yeah, but maybe I'm just biased. I just think he's such a fantastic on-screen character, and he is – Probably my favorite on-screen GM, all due respect to our our fellow ad-free shows member, Eric Bischoff. But Regal just plays that role perfectly. And if you were going to go down that path, I just felt terrible when Nick Aldis debuted to a negative pop. They're like, here's Nick Aldis. And the crowd just kind of was like, who? Because he hasn't been part of WWE TV. I think he's done well in the role. He looks good in a suit. But... If I could have had Regal and I knew that Regal was a couple weeks away, I would have held back a little bit. But, yeah. you know, to each his own, uh, hopefully him and, and Punk are getting along well. Yeah, right. Well, hey, I've heard that story about them is overblown yeah, for what it's worth. But, uh, no, uh, William Regal uh, agreed would be great in that role. But, we again, we don't really know what Regal wants to do. We do know that he's had a lot of neck surgeries over the years, obviously in a lot of pain as he does anything. Maybe he's more comfortable Working backstage, who knows? A lot of hypotheticals there. Um, Heading into the Rumble, the Observer here with a couple updates on what to expect from the show. Um, There is currently the United States Championship Tournament going on to decide who will face Logan Paul. Uh, They are saying Kevin Owens is likely to face the man who was the subject of the latest South Park parody, which he responded to. Uh, on social media about i'm not sure if you've seen the south park episode yet or not i only saw i saw a still of it i haven't actually watched it yet but i would imagine he was probably thrilled it's not a it's not a glowing it's not a glowing take on logan paul i'll put it that way 
Um, hmm. Yeah, but I think he feeds off of that. I think he likes the idea that people are talking about him and they're going to they're going to pump up his persona. Obviously, Kevin Owens is the guy who's going to face Logan Paul. We've been talking about it since the tournament first started. He's the logical choice to be the next opponent for Logan Paul. It takes Kevin out of the Rumble match itself, so you don't have to eliminate him. You give him a marquee spotlight, and I think he'll get a really good physical match out of Logan Paul. You think He's not going to beat him, though. It's too early to take the belt off Logan. No, you need Logan Paul as champion going into Mania because I think he's the fail-safe for L.A. Knight. Oh. L.A. Knight has sort of, the shine has come off a little bit as, you know, I want to say real stars, but as like Randy Orton's been on SmackDown, you're suddenly realizing, all right, you know, one guy is gold standard, the other guy is nickel plating. L.A. Knight being able to talk with Logan Paul, being able to have a decent match at Mania, it's a nice spotlight for those guys. I think that's where we're going. So are we going to get another Logan Paul match that ends with a member of his entourage giving him the brass knuckles to pick up the win? Because it seems like that's what they want to do until somebody finally figures it out and like cuts off the, the brass knuckles spot. I mean, you've got Grayson Waller and Austin Theory floating around. I don't see why you're going to get a clean finish. If I'm booking it, not that I, you know, yes, you, you have that match earlier in the night. Kevin gets cost uh, the, the match because of Waller or Theory trying to curry favor. And then one of those guys going to enter the Rumble. And, oh, no, here comes Kevin Owens. And he just waylays Grayson Waller. And he, Waller never even makes it into the Rumble match itself. So the other big match that the Observer was opining on is the uh, undisputed, undisputed WWE Universal match, uh, title match, that would see Roman Reigns, it looks like, which is pretty obvious from TV, taking on Randy Orton. But he says maybe it's a multi-man match. Maybe AJ Styles or LA Knight gets involved in this to create like a triple threat or, or God forbid, a fatal four-way for this title. Do you? Uh, would you prefer to see somebody in there that could take a fall to protect Randy? Or do you want to keep this thing strong? Heads up, Randy Orton. Roman Reigns at the Rumble. So on the one hand, I'd love to see a straight up Roman Reigns, Randy Orton match. Roman just came, uh, Randy just came back. Roman kind of just came back as well. I don't love the idea of beating either one of them, but doing a triple threat with an AJ Styles as someone who can take the pin and maybe you break off AJ and Randy going into the Rumble, or no, I mean the Rumble, sorry, going into Mania so that they have a story that they can tell for one of those nights and maybe perversely, I just want to see AJ do one of those springboards and get caught with an RKO because from a production standpoint, that is video footage you want to have in the can in perpetuity. Yeah, it's everybody likes an RKO out of nowhere, especially one that's got some springy stuff in it. Uh, our lone AEW item here today came from Instagram. CJ Perry has been going through an absolute nightmare all week at the hospital. We've covered it a couple times. Got a splinter, infection, flew up her finger. Uh, doctors caught it. They mangled her finger with several surgeries because I guess, according to her, the infection nearly got to her bones and organs, which would have oh, become, God. which would have been fatal. She would have died. So after several surgeries, the doctors were able to get the infection completely out. She is on the mend. She is headed home to recover. And uh, this saga hopefully is behind her. This has been one of the roughest things for me to follow in some time while covering professional wrestling. Well, hopefully she'll she'll continue to improve and uh, just a, a weird freak fluke thing that happened. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're all sending our, our thoughts and prayers, which sounds more disingenuous than I meant it to. I was about to say, it's not like she got shot. Um, she... <laughs> okay. No, what was worse is she was injured on the job 
at right. AEW with a near fatal injury. So, you know, Tony, start writing the check. Same day as Kenny Omega walking around, showing up for work. Actually, it was the same day because he showed up to Dynamite and had diverticulitis and he went to the hospital. I was a that was a cursed episode of Dynamite. Jesus. Where's Dan Housen when you need him? Yeah, well, he's in the back. He's the one responsible for all this. He's cursing everybody. He can reverse um, curse these things. Last item here is just in uh, checking in on our free agents. Now, three of our free agents that became on the market yesterday made some big moves. Now, if you tuned into the show live yesterday, you saw us watch Mustafa Ali's uh, video in real time announcing his worldwide tour. Uh, after the show, several companies announced that they had booked Ali for upcoming matches, including GCW, C4, North Shore Pro Wrestling, Progress Wrestling, Defy, Dreamwave, uh, Prestige Wrestling, and my favorite, and a show I'll be going to on uh, March 4th in Chicago, he's going to be competing at the Revolution Brewery against Grigo Loco, and I have already been added to that guest list. I will be sitting there drinking my favorite beer, which is Revolution Brewery, watching one of my favorite wrestlers, Mustafa Ali, I cannot wait for that event. And I'd like to thank the people putting that together for adding me to that guest list. So right at the gate, bunch of big matches worldwide, great an interest for himself. Great video. Is this the template, Robert? Is, is Ali delivering on what you should do in this situation? This is the blueprint right here. This is you, you immediately launched something that looked professionally made and done. Uh, the, the video production quality on it really blew both of us away. You line up a lot of what already feels like dream matches. I saw he's going to be wrestling Trey Miguel at one of these shows. That's Gringo the revolution Loco. one. Yes, Gringo Loco, huge fan of Gringo Loco. Uh, and I do want to give a quick shout out to Craig Mitchell, who was the guy who worked with Mustafa on putting together that video package. I mean, that looks like something that would have been done by WWE with their massive budget that I'm sure was done on a fraction of that cost. If you're if you're released and you want to build up that buzz, I think the route that he went was great. I think the route that we saw um, Brennan Williams do, where he built up his his Twitch channel and his his interactions with Mansoor and making those guys feel like a package deal and create their own environment. So when they were free, people are all excited about it. Shelton Benjamin shocked the hell out of me. I old, like old man Shelton, who I love. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. Fun fact: the spec script that I had to write. Or, or chose to write to get hired by WWE was a Shelton Benjamin related script. Uh, his video package uh, over Godzilla footage yes. of him, just like the cranky old man who has to get up and go destroy people. Dude, Shelton Benjamin's in a, a, just a world-class talent. I think he's amazing. Yeah. And the last one here to make some noise was top dollar AJ Francis, who showed up at GCW laid out Joey Janela and look, it's not the Ali-style video. It's not the Ali-style world tour. But hey, if you're looking to just get over and make some money on the indies right now, go pick shit with Joey Janela. That seems to be a path to success for a lot of people. <laughs> Him or Cardona, you're going to put some dollars in your pocket if you find yourself at odds with them. I thought that was a smart play, too, by Francis. Oh, Cardona's got to be over the moon happy. I know he just did an interview with our friend Chris Van Vliet where he talked yep. about how he wishes more indie wrestlers took it upon themselves to build a brand and hype things up so that Cardona can go have major marquee matches. I think when he has his first match with Shelton or his first match with Ali or probably his first match with Top Dalla, that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun for social media people to watch what they put together. Yep. All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of our extended 
holiday edition double taping. Uh, we definitely want to thank wrestlers Matt Jones for stopping by. It was wonderful talking to him at the top of the hour. Uh, and if you're listening to us in podcast form, we will be dropping the audio for that on Monday for you to listen to and enjoy. Um, Way to grind the show to a halt, Nick. I'm just there was a time and a place to let everybody know that information, and that is where it was. Um, uh, we had a wonderful time, we've been having a great time. This is episode 20. We will be back next week. There will not be a live recording on Monday because it is Christmas Day, but we will be back on Tuesday. So come back here on X or YouTube at noon Eastern. Um, and of course, uh, the podcast feed is the lifeblood of this. A great way to show your support, a very free and easy way to show your support. Head over to whatever podcast platform you like. Leave a nice review. Leave a five-star rating. That can be your holiday present to Robert and I here. I would say Christmas present, but I uh, am not uh, religious, and Robert is Jewish. <laughs> That'll help some of the rating, uh, the reviews. Thanks. You're um, welcome. You're welcome. Yes. All right. You're well, welcome. on behalf of jolly old St. Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.